grace, mercy, and peace are yours through the triune God. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. Let us hear what the Spirit is saying through the Word, for God speaks peace to trusting hearts, to those who seek the ways of wisdom. Let us pray. Merciful God, let your Spirit soar free in the proclaiming of Scripture. Confirm your covenant prophets. Sustain the weary with a word. Guide us in Jesus' way of love. Amen. A reading from the book of Genesis. After the flood waters dried up, the eternal one thought, I will not curse the fertile land anymore because of human beings since the ideas of the human mind are evil from their youth. I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done as long as the earth exists. Seed time and harvest, cold and hot, summer and autumn, day and night, will not cease. God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I am now setting up my covenant with you, with your descendants, and with every living being with you, with the birds, with the large animals, with all the animals of the earth, leaving the ark with you. I will set up my covenant with you so that never again will all life be cut off by floodwaters. There will never again be a flood to destroy the earth. This is the symbol of the covenant that I am drawing up between me and you and every living thing with you on behalf of every future generation. I have placed my bow in the clouds. It will be the symbol of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth, and the bow appears in the clouds, I will remember the covenant between me and you and every living thing being among all the creatures. Floodwaters will never again destroy all creatures. The bow will be in the clouds, and upon seeing it, I will remember the enduring covenant between God and every living being of all these creatures. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the first letter of Peter. Christ himself suffered on account of sins once and for all, the righteous one on behalf of the unrighteous. He did this in order to bring you into the presence of God. Christ was put to death as a human, but made alive by the spirit. And it was with by the spirit that he went to preach to the spirits in prison. In the past, these spirits were disobedient God patiently awaited during the time of Noah. Noah built an ark in which a few, that is eight lives, were rescued 
through water. Baptism is like that. It saves you now, not because it removes dirt from your body, but because it is the mark of a good conscience toward God. Your salvation comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at God's right side. Now that Christ has gone into heaven, he rules over all angels, authorities, and powers. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Journalist Ashley Ahern takes in the view. Around her, the big open country of central Washington state, just east of the Cascade Mountains, stretches on for miles of black, smooth earth. Utterly unrecognizable from the sagebrush landscape she remembers. Above her, the sky is the color of a used cigarette filter. Behind her, on the road, power pole lines are still smoking. The guardrails melted and twisted and charred. Ashley is standing with biologist Michael Schroeder in the same spot where just six months prior, they had camped out to observe the mating patterns of the greater sage grouse, the most controversial bird in the West. Sage grouse are an endangered species, competing for a home with commercialized ranching and oil and natural gas extraction and wildfires. Michael estimates that there are fewer than a thousand sage grouse left in Washington. And now far fewer given the inferno that swallowed up sagebrush, grasslands, and any creature too slow to escape. Michael's eyes are red with tears. Ashley's already cried once and now her heart aches within her chest. The devastation is unbearable. When has your heart ached in that way? Scroll through the years and notice when a still sharp edge snags your attention. Just two years before the wildfires in Washington, many of you looked over the wreckage of a flash flood that demolished homes and sent cars drifting in Seneca Lake. You have wept tears alongside these two on the hillside and with the eternal one gazing over the wreckage of the great flood. It's strange to me that Christians so regularly tell the tale of Noah's Ark to children and completely pass over the sadness that threads through the entire story. 
Now, I don't expect Sunday school teachers to go into detail about the death toll. That's both gory and too abstract for kids. But children have felt sadness before. And that's where the story starts in chapter six. Having seen all of the ways we human beings hurt each other, the eternal one regretted making human beings on the earth and was heartbroken. Kids know what it's like to be disappointed. And every year we grow older, our hearts crack open in grief. But instead, we distract one another with cute images of animals processing into the ark two by two. So if you've heard the story of Noah and the flood before, you can probably conjure an image of a maritime menagerie floating on 40 days and 40 nights worth of rain. Hopefully, in the time since you heard that story, someone has kindly updated your understanding of natural disasters. The flood story takes for granted that the world is charged with meaning and that floods, fires, and plagues must be messages from heaven, often assuming divine discontent. We could call this primitive science, and then we would shelve it next to the other stories and theories that don't offer an accurate portrayal of God's creation. And we won't feel guilty just because it's in our holy book, because we don't crack open our Bibles for science lessons. No, we turn to God's word because our souls need to hear truths that will set us free. And this story is full of those truths. One of those truths is the pervasive reality of suffering and evil. Ask around ancient Western Asia, and you'll hear a story from every culture about the flood that devastated the earth. We don't know what it was historically that happened. Maybe a tsunami or the collapse of a glacial ice dam like the one that flooded the Indian state of Uttarakhand just a few weeks ago. Whatever happened, the survivors told stories to their descendants. This is what happened. And this is what happens. Trouble strikes from nowhere. The gods get angry. If you survive, you give thanks and keep going. But the story that our ancestors in faith passed down puts a unique spin on the common tale of woe. Yes, trouble comes knocking again and again. But human beings, we aren't innocent. We harm each other 
consciously or out of ignorance. We worship the creator one moment, and with the next breath, we pay tribute to ideas like survival of the fittest and looking out for number one. When my friends in Texas tell me about the power outages and water shortages in the wake of last week's deep freeze, I think of State Senator Jose Menendez from San Antonio, who pointed out that state infrastructure should have been winterized after a similar storm hit 10 years ago. Will we ever learn? The wonder that after the flood waters recede, the eternal one realizes that the ideas of the human mind are evil from their youth. No surprises then that supposedly righteous Noah turns his anger on his own children not eight verses after God's rainbow promise arcs across the sky. Facing our own destructive nature keeps us honest. But it is the second truth of this story that keeps us from sliding into despair. That astonishing revelation of grace in the rainbow covenant. The scope is the first shock. God does not only make a covenant with Noah or with humankind, the covenant is for every living being. The birds, the large animals, all the animals of the earth, with every living being. Elephants and inchworms, panthers, and peepers, sage grouse, and spotted owls. Such is the immense scope of God's love when God says never again, the whole earth is wrapped up in a holy promise. That's the first shock. And the second one, the weapon. God lays aside. My Sunday school teachers let me think that bow meant ribbon, but here it clearly means bow and arrows, as in longbow, a weapon of war that gave its wielders a long-range advantage over their opponents. Overwhelmed with love for the whole creation, God chooses to make good on never again by relinquishing heaven's deadly instruments of death. Long before folks sang of laying down their swords and shields down by the riverside, God of promise pledged, I ain't going to study war no more. We heard God's broken heart shout no at a world roiling with human-caused suffering. Now, 
we hear God's vulnerable heart cry, yes, to every creature, every living thing loved more deeply than it can know. As for us, complicated human creatures, God scoops us up, embracing us with so much love that our own yes awakens. Think back to that memory that snagged your attention, the one where your heart broke. You can feel the moan rising in your chest, maybe even slipping from your lips. No. Hidden within that no. Listen for the heartbeat of yes, a wounded yes, whose vision for peace and joy has been violated. Listen carefully, and you will hear the still small voice of God. Look closely, and you'll glimpse a reflection of the rainbow. Pay attention for the invitation to lay down your weapons and to be present to the moment. For that is a moment when God is loving you fiercely. And Ashley Ahern, the journalist from Washington State, stood on the hilltop, surveying the charred remnant of precious sage-grouse habitat. She recalled a memory from her time in the Red Desert outside of Rollins, Wyoming. She's hunkered down in a blind. In the freezing cold, there are coyotes singing in the distance. And all around her are sage grouse, dozens of them, the males all puffed up, their exquisite feathers fanned out like spikes behind them and the females bruising along the mates. The sun is rising. Ashley is really cold, but she wouldn't trade this experience for anything. There's so much sadness. She's spoken to her microphone. So many things feel like they're not working. To be here, with these birds, just watching them do this ancient, ancient dance is a snippet of perspective in this wild world. Right now, my heart is so full watching them, tears in my eyes. I have been numb for a long time but you can't be numb in the presence of animals like this. Wild, unapologetic beauty. Wonder doesn't do the experience justice. Watching the sage grouse, Ashley was overcome with love. The same love God felt for the creatures disembarking into the reborn world. The same love that fires up her yes to care, 
even when so much of the life to which God pledged a covenant is perishing at human hands. For so long, Ashley kept distance between herself and the suffering world, using scientific data as a shield to protect her from despair. But numbness is a weapon too. And love leads us to put aside all weapons. Love gives rise to courage. That's what sustains Ashley. Not hope to save that endangered bird, but courage to resist numbness, to keep caring, to risk more heartbreak for the sake of the world God loves so much. In this season of Lent, focusing on God's covenant promises, let the rainbow be the first of many signs of God's profound love for you. Let that love set your tender heart on fire, sending sparks of holy yes, sparkling into the gloom. And if you do not see a rainbow in these wintry months, then turn your eyes to Jesus, for all of God's promises have their yes in Christ. Let your heart break at the horror of his execution. Pay attention to his courage to keep loving in spite of the danger, to keep forgiving in spite of the betrayal. Bask in the radiance of his resurrection, which saves you in no small part, because the life-affirming yes of Christ gives birth to new courage within me, within you, to pursue peace and walk in grace. God's grace abound in this and every promise to us and every creature. Such grace, let us give all glory and gratitude to God. Glory to God, whose goodness shines on me, and to the Son, whose grace has pardoned me, and to the Spirit, who has set me free, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. Amen. Love without end, without end, amen. Love without end, without end, amen. Love without end, without end, amen. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, amen. 
Amen.